Father, we give you thanks and praise for the life that we have in Jesus. Thank you. It's all because of what he has done for us on the cross that we stand right before you. So help us to rest in that. Pray that our confidence will be always in him. And that you will deepen that faith and that trust and that confidence this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we begin uh, this new sermon series looking at those three points of our mission statement. Life with Jesus, life together uh, and life for all. It was three years ago, um, 2020, that we launched partnership uh, as an alternative or as a next step to membership that was already here at Trinity. Uh, and the idea behind that comes from the beginning of this letter uh, for the, to the Philippians uh, in chapter 1, uh, where Paul writes, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and he goes on to speak of the confidence uh, that he has in Jesus. But it's the idea of being partners together in the gospel. Partners together in the gospel as in uh, we live as those who have a new life in Jesus, our faith and our trust is in him. Uh, partners in the gospel as we share life together as God's people uh, here at Trinity. And then partners in the gospel as we take out that good news of Jesus uh, to the town and to the world. Uh, and so it's been three years, so it's a good time to refresh our memories about what partnership is, what life with Jesus, life together and life for all uh, looks like. Uh, and Paul helps us uh, with that this morning as we think today about life with Jesus. So let me ask uh, you a question. What is your story? How did you become a Christian? When did you turn uh, from your old way of life to Jesus, to trust in in him. Because every Christian has a story to tell. Every Christian has a testimony to share about how they came to faith in Jesus. And if you just look around and you don't know how that person became a Christian, why not ask them at some point? Ask them how they became a Christian. How did that person come to faith? Because as we hear those stories, it's a wonderful encouragement to us to see how the Lord saves people. This morning we have Paul the Apostle sharing his story, sharing his testimony about how he came to faith in Jesus. And just like every other Christian, Paul's testimony is in two parts. He goes back to the time before knowing Jesus, and then he talks about the time after that encounter with Jesus. And that is true for all of us. We've got the before Jesus and the after. Or as one commentator puts it, we've got the BC part of our testimony before Christ. And we've got the AD part of our testimony, which is after deliverance. And what we'll see this morning is that every believer, every Christian is saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We've just sung about that. It's through Jesus, through our faith in him alone, that our lives are completely transformed and turned around. 
as we turn from sin and turn to follow Jesus. And so we'll look at that testimony this morning of Paul in those two parts. We first of all look at the before Christ part of his story. And Paul begins, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul is writing this letter uh, and part of it is to address the false teaching that is going around at that church. The, false, the falseness of uh, the idea that we can be made right with God uh, through what we do. He says that if that were possible, if it was possible to gain a right standing before God by what we do or who we are, uh, then Paul says, I would be top of the list. I would be number one. And he goes through his CV that if that was possible, uh, this is what it would look like. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Paul says, if we can make, uh, if we can have a right relationship with God by who we are and what we do, uh, then look at me. I have the right beginning. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was circumcised according uh, to the law. The Mosaic law required that, that, that every Jewish boy uh, on the eighth day was to be circumcised. And so Paul says, I have the right beginning. I am a true Jew. He goes on, of the people of Israel, that Paul had the right nationality. He was born of the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. Paul was a direct descendant of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob. Uh, his Jewish heritage is pure. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. And so Paul says, look, I have the right lineage. The tribe of Benjamin was one of the two elite tribes of Israel. You'll know that there were 12 tribes and that they split to the northern and the southern kingdoms. And the two southern kingdom, uh, the two southern kingdoms, one of those is Benjamin. And it's from uh, that tribe of Benjamin that Israel gets its first king, King Saul. It's uh, to that tribe of Benjamin that Jerusalem, the city, uh, was part of their land. And so this tribe of Benjamin is one of the noble tribes of Israel. In the day of Paul, many Jews couldn't trace back which tribe they, were, they came from through uh, intermarriage and all sorts of uh, other things. The lines were blurred to which tribe they came from. But Paul's family uh, had remained pure to that line. He was a true Benjamite. And so he says, I have the right lineage. A Hebrew of Hebrews, uh, Paul had the right upbringing. He was born of Hebrew parents. He was raised according to Hebrew traditions. He learned the Hebrew language. Uh, and he was as Hebrew as anyone could be. He had the right upbringing. Uh, a Pharisee, Paul lived to the right standard. He lived in conformity to God's law. He knew the Old Testament scriptures. He read them. He studied them. He taught them. He believed uh, what the Old Testament scriptures said. And so he was one who did all he could to keep the law of God. 
he goes on, a persecutor of the church. Here Paul is talking about the right sincerity that he had. He wasn't a lukewarm person. He was full of zeal and passion for holy things. And so he loved what he believed to be right and he hated what he believed to be wrong. And so that's why in Acts we read of him with such passion and zeal going after the church trying to destroy God's people. And then finally, righteousness based on the law, he was blameless. Paul had the right morality. He was faultless. He was blameless. He sought to live God's standard. Outwardly, you would look at Paul and he would look morally good. Paul had the pedigree. He had the performance. One commentator writes, humanly speaking, he had acquired all the assets that anyone could Imagine, if anyone could have earned their way to heaven, if anyone could have gained a right standing with God, it was Paul. He had the right beginning, the right nationality, the right lineage, the right upbringing. He lived by the right standard, he, he, uh, the right sincerity, the right morality. If anyone could have earned a good standing with God, it was Paul. I wonder if that's at you. I wonder if that's where you are uh, at this point in time. I wonder if uh, when you were asked, or if you were asked the question, uh, as you stood before God, God, you must accept me because, how would you finish that? Because I have tried sincerely to live a good life. I've kept the commandments to the best of my ability. I've been to church every Sunday of my life. I was brought up in a Christian family with Christian values. I'm just the next Christian in the long line of Christians. I was baptized as a baby and went to a Christian school. A survey was taken of 7,000 students who were asked that that, uh, similar question. 60% agreed uh, that it was about uh, how good they were how well they tried uh, to live that good life and keep God's standard. Maybe that's where you are this morning. But this is the realization that Paul uh, came to. He came to realize that his confidence was in the wrong place. It was in the wrong things. All those things uh, that Paul mentioned um, That's where his confidence was before God. It was all about his own self-righteousness, about who he was and what he did. Paul appeared to be this shining example of what it looks like to be a follower of God. But he had everything except the one thing that he needed. He had everything except Christ. Maybe that's you this morning. And as you hear these words from Philippians, maybe you're coming to realize that, that your confidence is in the wrong things. Coming from a Christian home, being baptized, attending church, reading your Bible, trying your best to keep its commands, none of these things will save anyone. None of those things will make who we are even is not enough to make us right with God. 
Paul had that encounter with Jesus. And it's from that moment uh, that his life was transformed. And so we get to our second point, uh, AD, after deliverance. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Once Paul met Christ on the road to Damascus as he was going uh, to arrest the Christians, to bring them back, to put them on trial in the hope that uh, they would be put to death, he met Jesus. A light shone around him uh, and he hears a voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Uh, And Paul's response, who are you, Lord? If If ever there was an answer to your own question, Uh, That was it. Paul had that encounter with Jesus and his life was transformed. He went from uh, one who who relied on himself, one who in fact hated Christ and his church, to one who knew Christ, who loved Christ uh, and went to share that gospel, that good news with all. From that moment on, he saw his previous life and what he uh, had his confidence in as worthless, as a loss. He's speaking uh, in accounting terms here. He's got the ledger out uh, and he's uh, written down all the things that he thought were gain. Uh, but actually, once he met Jesus, they all moved to the loss column and the gain uh, was Jesus. Three times, I counted as loss in verse seven. Verse eight, I counted everything as lost. Verse 8 again, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. He looks at all those things and he sums it all up by saying that they uh, were rubbish. Or more literally, uh, excrement. The best Paul had to offer Uh, became rubbish the moment he saw Christ. The moment he saw Christ as that great treasure, the greatest treasure that he could have. And so he counted all those things lost. Why? Verse 7, for the sake of Christ. Verse 8, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Uh, Verse 8 again, in order that I might gain Christ. And verse 9, and be found in him all is lost compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus he is now Paul's great treasure Paul came to know Christ and to know Christ uh, is to step out uh, of religion and to step in to a relationship with Jesus One commentator writes, the submission, this is what it is to know Jesus. It is the submission of every thought and every act to Christ Jesus, the Lord. That is what it is to know Christ. It's to know him personally, intimately. It's, a, uh, it's not uh, to know Christ in our minds or intellectually or historically. 
It's to know him personally. It's to know him uh, and experience uh, who Christ is. Paul came to Christ. He came to know him. And as he did, he saw all that he had his confidence in as worthless. How did Paul come to know Christ? At verse 9. And, being, uh, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. His salvation came through faith alone, in Christ alone. Uh, and when he came to that point, then the good works would flow from that faith. Not uh, the opposite way around where before those good things that he did uh, were done in the hope that they would uh, produce faith and a right standing before God. But when we come to know Jesus, it flips itself on its head. We live by faith, trusting in Christ and flowing from that, that comes those good uh, things. George Whitfield in one of his sermons said, we are justified by faith alone. Good works have their proper place. They justify our faith, though not our persons. Faith comes as we trust in Jesus. It's acknowledging our own sinfulness. It's acknowledging our own righteousness will not commend us to God. Faith is seeing that Jesus is our only saviour. And as we come to him, as we come to him in faith, we receive his righteousness. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. The end of verse 9. Righteousness is to have that right standing before God. And we are made right before God, not by the things that we do, but by what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And so where is your confidence? Is your confidence in, in what you do? Or is your confidence in Jesus and what he has done? I wonder how you'd think about that. Maybe these statements will help. I have a quiet time every day. I've had a quiet time every day this week without fail. I feel more accepted by God. This week I have uh, sinned in some way or I've disobeyed God or I've not taken the opportunity to stand up uh, for Christ. I feel less of a Christian than I did before. How would you think about those things? How would you answer those things? Because when we grasp at what Paul is saying here, uh, it's nothing to do with how we live and what we do that makes us right with God. It doesn't make us more acceptable uh, with God. What makes us right with God is Jesus and what he did for us as he gave his life on that cross. We put our faith and our trust in him, knowing that in him our sin is forgiven 
and we are made right with God. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Some of those things that Paul puts confidence in, uh, he, he wouldn't just forget about them. And some of those things that we might put our confidence in, we don't just forget about when we come to faith in Jesus. They then become an outworking of our faith in Jesus. We'll want to come to church and be with his people. We'll want to sit and read at his word. They are good things, but our confidence shouldn't be in what we do or who we are. It should be in Jesus, the one who gave his life for us so that we might live. And so that's Paul's testimony. Is that yours? Do you have a, a BC and an AD story to tell? Do you remember your life before Christ? Do you remember that moment uh, where you saw Jesus for who he is and what he has done for you? Do you remember that moment where when you came to know Jesus that you saw everything as loss for the story to tell? So that's what Jesus is all about. It's about turning to him, turning from our old ways and turning to trust in Jesus as Savior and King. And as we do that by faith, we receive his righteousness. We are made right with God by Jesus. And then we live with him as Lord. We're going to stand and